On this Friday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, it looks like there's a chance Bobby Sloak stays in Houston. And what are some of the positive changes or changes in general that Texans should be embracing this offseason? You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 welcome. Hmm. Y'all know what it is. The Friday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day. One of our first time listeners, thank you for stopping by. Come on, sit down. Me, Casa, Sukasa. If this is your first time, please subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast. And follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. And if you are one of our returning family members coming back to the kick out, a kickback, thank you for lending your ear for another episode as we continue to talk Texans here on the Locked On Texans podcast. I am your Texans football analyst for eyes for a reason. I see it all, right? John, some sports guy Hickman. And, of course, on the other side of the screen, one of the hardest-working men in the Texans media, Sports Illustrated's own Texans credential media member, Cody Davis. We are looking at the YouTube comments today. We'll be taking a trip to YouTube, one of my favorite parts. Honestly, I, I can't name too many favorite parts of this show than talking and hearing from you guys and responding to some of your comments. Uh, what changes should the Texans embrace this offseason as this team is having realistic expectations moving forward. And we look at the possibility Bobby Sloick staying in Houston, but today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Cody, as Mm. of right now, Mm. The Panthers have filled their job. Uh, the uh, the Vegas Raiders have filled their job. Mm-hmm. The Chargers have filled their job. The Falcons have filled their job. The Tennessee Titans has filled their job. The New England Patriots has filled their job. So there's only, as of right now, as we record, mm. there's only two available head coaching spots in the NFL. That is the Washington Commanders and the Seattle Seahawks. Chances of Bobby Sloick leaving starting to become uh, I mean, uh, slim, yeah, and chances of him staying is starting to come more realistic by the day. Mm. It's me in the mind of last season. Ben Johnson could have left, hot, hot OC candidate, uh, hot head coaching candidate last year for the Detroit Lions, OC for the Lions, and uh, he came back to the Lions this year and that helped out, saw some success there in the NFC championship game Bobby Sloak is he staying is he leaving what is he doing it's really looking like that Bobby Sloak will be staying in Houston um I'm going to put it at 95 percent unless something drastically changed over the last over the next what let's say week and that's going to be very important because John you just finished talking about look there's only two um NFL Head coaching vacancy is left. The Washington Commanders and the Seattle Seahawks. However, as of right now, you mentioned Ben Johnson. 
A lot of people are expecting Ben Johnson to take the helm in Washington, but of course they can't make anything official until the Detroit Lions season is completely over. Hopefully they could pull it out on Sunday and be representing uh, the NFC in Las Vegas in the next couple of weeks. But it seems like Ben Johnson definitely had that job in his wraps, and then that will only leave the Seattle Seahawks. And as of right now, it seems like Dan Quinn is their top candidate right now. So yeah. And look, this literally I thought became, Atlanta was going to be the uh That's the what I was he had, getting he at. Had dinner at the owner's house uh-huh. in Atlanta. Did he not respond well to uh the chicken and waffles <laughs> out in Atlanta? Was the catfish and grits not to his liking in Atlanta? Oh man, you know that that's what I was getting at because when you started taking a look at, you know, the possibility of where Bobby Sloyd could go um the number two teams that i kept looking at were the carolina panthers and the atlanta falcons of course carolina you are there with bryce young we already know about um bobby Sloak's track record as a quarterback coach what he can do for quarterbacks right. if you guys saw saw and heard the show on yesterday we played a clip of cj Stroud talking about how bobby Sloak has continuously um been on him throughout this whole entire season that's part of the reason why cj is basically going to be named the offensive rookie of the of the year in the next couple of um, weeks, going down with arguably one of the greatest seasons by a rookie quarterback. You know, he gave a lot of credit to Bobby Sloyd, so that made sense for him to do that. However, um, Carolina went in another in another direction. Then you take a look at the Atlanta Falcons, even though they do not have their quarterback. As you mentioned on yesterday's show, John, that is basically a really good situation for Bobby Sloyd yeah. because yes. Yeah. You might need the quarterback in Atlanta. However, you have weapons all around. And once again, when you take a look at Bobby Slow's track record, it seemed like all he needs is a quarterback with some solid talent. And then this thing, you know, he could take that and help it get to the next level. But as of right now, it seems like the reality of the situation is Bobby Sloyd would definitely remain in Houston. Like I say, I would give it at a 95% chance. And I would say at least wait until the next week. But I do believe that, Staying in Houston, as you and I talked a lot about on this show, um, is the best case scenario for Bobby Sloyd, especially when you take a look at what happened in Detroit with Ben Johnson. Remember, Ben Johnson was also a candidate for the Houston Texans um, last year. And look, look, it worked out for everybody, I must say. But, man, I I just love what Ben Johnson did. He just had the experience going through the interview interview process, went back for a year, made the Detroit Lions even better, and now, look, they are on the verge of their first Super Bowl appearance in franchise history. And, you know, like I just mentioned, it seems like he's definitely had that job in Washington as a rap. But, look, Bobby Sloyd, do not get down or depressed or anything like that because I guarantee you in the next 365 days, we'll be probably having a different conversation when you look at Bobby Sloyd. Yeah, and, and another thing with Bobby Sloak and the potential of him staying, first and foremost, this is a business, the NFL, uh, and a curveball can happen at any moment, right? And, and something may happen, and Bobby Sloak could be named the head coach of maybe the Seattle Seahawks, mm-hmm. who has a quarterback in Geno Smith, mm-hmm. or maybe the head coach of the Washington Commanders, who can draft their own quarterback this upcoming season. And so he'll get an opportunity to get a hand on a quarterback that he – you know, he wants, but if we talk about yesterday, worst case scenario or things Houston should be afraid of, mm-hmm. which was leaving, losing out on both Gerard Johnson and Bobby Slorkin in one off season. I'll tell you what, man, again, if you go back to one of the press conferences, I want to say it was last week 
D'Amico Ryan said that he has encouraged Bobby Sloan to make sure that it's the right situation. It was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Um, and, and the reality is, what better situation does Bobby Sloan have out there outside of being a head coach, but situation-wise, than staying in Houston? Mm. Now, you know, of course, everybody coaches to eventually be a head coach at some level one day. But I think the last hope was Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And since it's not Atlanta, uh, I think those other two franchises has their mind made up. But I also think Bobby Sloak is probably looking at it and saying to himself, if I return back and we replicate some of the same success, if not better, who's to say that they won't come calling next year? And when you look around the NFL, I don't know how much longer Mike McCarthy has left in Dallas. Like, right? <laughs> uh, you, you know, I don't know how much longer Robert Sala has left uh, in New York. Right. I don't know how long some of these other coaches has around, uh, even in Jacksonville. I don't know how long Jacksonville, because this is a what have you done for me lately league. I don't know how long uh, uh, Doug Peterson, Peterson stays in, in, in Jacksonville, which I'm just throwing their name out, but specifically Dallas and the New York Jets. Bobby Slug could potentially be a, an even hotter name for a team that will be set up for more success when he steps in. Uh, next year than what it possibly could be this year, especially considering that him and Atlanta didn't reach the, the, the terms. And so this is, I think, if Bobby, if Bobby Sloak stays, this is a blessing for both Bobby and both the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. Uh, also considering how long does Gerard Johnson stay a Texan? That's the right? big He's one a hot right name for offensive coordinator in the NFL, and some teams are going to look to get that, that void filled. And so I'm, I'm I'm actually happy for Bobby because ultimately the last game the Texans played in, they only scored three points offensively. Hmm. And I do believe that somewhere during the interviews, and I could be 100% wrong, but that conversation came up, right? Your philosophy. Okay. What is your philosophy? That's your philosophy. Okay. Well, how can you combat? And, you know, we like you. We, we love your attitude. You're interviewing well, but the last time we saw you, Right. Um, And so it's an opportunity for him to come back, build with who we all believe is going to be an elite quarterback in CJ Stroud. They're going to put weapons around that quarterback. They're going to put weapons on this offense. They're going to improve in different areas. And Bobby may have an opportunity next year when he gets more pieces and more weapons to really blow this thing out the water. Some of us will say he was handicapped this year because of the lack of the run game and the consistency of it. Or there was times that maybe some of those plays that needed for a little bit of extra protection from the offensive line, you were not able to call consistently to open up some of the offense in this playbook. Let's say you go out there and you add these weapons, you may be looking at a more explosive offense with a quarterback that we all believe is a general. Mm. So for Bobby, you come back next year, oh, yeah. Uh, I think y'all will come calling now. Here's my resume. Here's my LinkedIn. Check it out. You know what I can do. But I hate that he didn't get an opportunity to uh, go get them Henny Moses in Atlanta <laughs> doing brunch <laughs> on a bye week. <laughs> Welcome to Atlanta, Bobby, with Ludacris <laughs> in the background coming off of Hartsfield, probably the worst airport in the uh, in the country. But uh, Bobby is possibly staying. So we'll wait to see what happens with you know him and 
uh, Gerard Johnson as well. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today, open floor, I want to say how I really feel about something. And right now, that is the Houston Rockets. You guys are pissing me off. This is real, this is real aggression coming out too, by the way. Uh, figure it out offensively. Will Jalen run with your second unit? It looks like he's better when the offense is running out of space and he's better when he's not playing with Fred Van Fleet. What are you going to do? Can Cam Whitmore get more? Uh, Can Whitmore get more minutes? Because it looks like he's a better fit with Fred than Jalen. And then maybe you get Jalen on the bench. And then maybe you see some more offense out of him. What, what are you going to do, Emay? What are you going to do? You don't got Jason Tatum and, and, and Jalen Brown no more. You got young guys. And please, for the love of God, stop having Jabari Smith camp out on the on the wing three. Please. Thought it was a solace problem, bro. Hmm. What do I know? Okay. All right, now we're back to it. Uh, I had to get that out of my chest. Honestly, I really did. I've been I've been holding it in. Uh, but it's important to get things off of your chest. It's important to relieve some of that stress. And it's important to find every avenue you can to do that. And with therapy, therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team, like myself. I also have my bigger problems. I'm an advocate of therapy. Uh, and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suitable to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. And with the NFL regular season now wrapping up, we only got a couple of weeks left, but you do have the NBA still in action. There's no better time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is easy to use, guys, and there are so many different ways to place your bets. You got live same-game parlays. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best way to find popular parlays is through that way, the Parlay Hub, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first better walk-in TD or a layup. Super easy, super simple. Win or lose, 150 bucks and bonus bets. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL and the NBA. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there. Thank you for tuning in to this Friday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast. What are changes the Texans should embrace? Here's one. Being relevant again. Hmm. Being relevant again. You know, sometimes when you're not relevant for a while, I don't know, it's just like the, the, the absence of the spotlight, Can you can get used to it. But this team is going to be under a microscope, a spotlight will be on them. And I think one of the changes they should embrace is just making sure that they embrace all of the necessary moves, um, necessary decisions, tough decisions that should be made in order to make this team and roster better moving forward because they have a window where they can build this team up to be in the upper echelon 
of the other teams. We're talking about the Ravens after the Texans and Raven played. What, what Lamar Jackson said, we'll see you again. We'll see y'all next year. Mm. And they will. They play them in the regular season. But that could possibly be, possibly be another AFC playoff matchup. Right, they can be like the Kansas City Chiefs, who's been in the playoffs, uh, a couple of few Super Bowls, few Super Bowl wins since Patrick Mahomes has taken over. Right, the Texans has an opportunity to put their names up there with the cream of the crop, and so embracing the change was, you know, in the past he may have had to bring some guys back that maybe on on, on another roster they wouldn't get a contract or they wouldn't start. Right now for Houston, I think one of the changes will be. Thank you for your services. We really appreciate you. But we have to go in a different direction in order to upgrade. All right. You got a car off the showroom floor, but you want to upgrade it a little bit, right? Before I drive off. Well, now I want to bring it back. I want to add some to it. That's what the Houston Texans have in front of them. That's their opportunity. They can be a whole lot better next year. Mm. But I also think in order to be better, uh, you have to do better. And doing better is making some of these tougher decisions that in the past, you probably had to eat in order to have players on this team. And I'm glad that you mentioned that, John, because my number one thing that I would love for the Houston Texans to embrace is building their roster with a purpose because, as you just put it, the last couple of seasons, you know, they were just bringing in guys because they needed to fill out a 53-man roster, and then they needed to fill out a 16-man practice squad roster. Um, however, this is going to be the first season, even more so than last year, where you where the Texans are actually building from a foundation, and every single decision that they will make is how can we not only sustain the level of success that we just experienced, but how can we get better? Oh, well, you talk about this team getting better. And ever since they have been eliminated by the Baltimore Ravens, everybody, you and all on this show, fans, everybody is excited about the Houston Texans. And everybody is saying they're going to be this, and CJ is this, and Will is going to be this, and Costa Mico runs. There's so much positivity and excitement around this franchise, and rightfully so. But to me, I want to see this franchise, and they definitely will, embrace being Forget playoff contention, championship contention. And I say that because the other day I was watching um, First Things First on um, FS1. And they had a very interesting discussion revolving around the Los Angeles Chargers. And they were talking about the hiring of Jim Harbaugh. Ah, I said it right this time. <laughs> but they, they had an interesting conversation revolved around Jim Harbaugh. And it was just talking about, what is the realistic expectation for Harbaugh and the Chargers? And they, and they looked at the playoff picture of this year. Then they looked at three teams that should have been in the playoffs this season if everything had went right. Cincinnati, Jacksonville, and, of course, Los Angeles. And they was just talking about how the 2024 season might be the most competitive year that they ever seen in that conference because not only do you have three teams at the start of this past season that we thought without a shadow of a doubt was going to be in the playoffs when you take a look at Cincy, Cincy we thought without a shadow of a doubt they were still going to be playing at this time of the year but you had other teams i.e like the Houston Texans who were on the come up and they kind of like stole that opportunity from them so when you look at this upcoming season there is no way in the world you need to look at the Houston Texans and say either A, what we experienced this past season was a fluke. That's why I did not want to call them a Cinderella run. But 
Two, and most importantly, that this is a team that has a lot of great potential on it. We talk about CJ. We talk about Will. We talk about D'Amico. And those are just the, the just the primary guys. We talk about Tank Dale. We talk about a Nico Collins, a Jonathan Grenard, which he definitely needs to be brought back. Like, this team is in a position to where if they build everything right for this, uh, for this offseason and through this draft, forget this playoff talk. We are literally entering – championship contention at this point i know that might sound crazy to a lot of people out there but john look at how rapid the success came for the texans this year and you didn't just make the playoffs you made it to the divisional round as the division as the champion of your division of the afc south which means that should be the number one thing on your priority list and that really didn't hit me until I talked to Sheldon Rankins a couple weeks ago, and I know I told this story, but get ready, guys. I'm going to be talking about this a lot this offseason. When Sheldon Rankins said there is no such thing as a championship window, you have to go and take it when you have your opportunity. And that is a guy who has had several opportunities, especially with the New Orleans Saints, and fell short every single time. The Houston Texans have an opportunity to win this thing in the next couple of years, and they need to embrace this championship contention talk, especially during the during the next two to three years when you have CJ and Will Anderson Jr. on their rookie deals. Because Lord have mercy, when they have to sign they when they have to sign their extension, oh my God, we might have to put some money aside to help the Texans recover yeah. from that. I hope they don't ask me for no money. They ain't got it. <laughs> I can barely buy eggs and formula, but uh, no, seriously. But the Texans are in a situation where just I, so much bad decisions, so many bad decisions have been made internally that has led to uh, failure externally. And so that's a change that the Texans will have to embrace. And, and again, I think that when you are in a position to, to – when you're in a position to get better, like perfect example, the the, the Rams trading uh, Jerry Goff for Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. Now that immediately resulted into a Super Bowl win, but that's a tough decision to make. That's a tough decision to make. There's other decisions out there to make where it's like drafting Aaron Rodgers when you still have Brent Favre, drafting Jordan Love when you still have – like you, you have to make some of these tougher decisions in order to – extend your greatness, extend, you know, the success of your franchise. And maybe drafting Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love isn't the one. But, like, some of the front office decisions that Nick Casario would have to make this year, along with D'Amico Ryans, is going to be interesting to watch. Speaking of tough decisions, I got one for you. Should you pick the more than or less than on two to six player side projections on prospects? And this can get really tough because if you hit on your more than less than, you can sit back and watch the winnings roll in. Definitely can't wait to tell you guys about what Prize Picks, which is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and the most easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports has for you. First and foremost, you're not playing nobody else. You're playing the numbers. You pick the more than or less than on two to six player stat projections. 
Prospects offer, also offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Prospects is the only uh, Danny Fantasy Sports platform with an insurance policy. You also can play alongside some of Prospects' biggest uh, and most favorite players like rapper Big Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. You can now find community plays under the promo tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prospects community. Go to prospects.com or download the app on your phone and use promo code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prospects.com or download the app on your phone and use promo code locked on NFL for a first time deposit match up to $100. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. Before we close out today's show, I want to give some love to Dino Vasson really quickly, man. Dino, Dino's, Dino's been a guy that um, I've, 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 I've liked Dino and what he's brought to this franchise since he got to Houston. Um, he started with the Texans back in uh, 2016, from 2016 to 2020. Then he went to Philly. Uh, for a couple of years. But when you look at helping develop Derek Stingley, uh, what he's been able to get out of Steven Nelson, right? And if, if you really think about it, just the cornerback group in itself, Desmond King, you know, for three seasons, uh, he's been a, a, just a good coach. And I wonder at what point we look at, we look at around the league, got, you know, assistant coaches getting coordinated positions and, uh, and a lot of people getting these promotions. How long before we start to see Dino Vasso's name, mm-hmm. especially now that he'd be under the D'Amico Ryan's coaching tree in a sense, mm-hmm. defensive side of the ball. Uh, that's pretty dope to see. But Dino, again, man, I just – he's a former NFL player, uh, a former football player, um, been, been with the Houston Texans, excuse me, since 2021. Uh, cornerback coach, but he's done a very good job of just fit, coming in, fitting in, and, and help coaching up these guys, man. So uh, I just want to take time out to shout out Dino, but let's travel to the YouTube comments. And the first one that I see, Joe Wood, 1055 playoff game episode. I think the game changed with the trick play immediately after the great Singletary run. Go down, how do you feel about that? I like the trick play. It just didn't work because, one, there was no momentum established throughout the whole entire game. But, two, and most importantly, you was playing against arguably the best defensive team in the league. Um, and and like CJ this. didn't get no zip on that ball, too, by the no, way. No, he didn't. Like in, If that ball gets know, zipped out of there, you may see a, a bigger game. I don't know what was going on with the Texans, especially on the offensive side of the ball front, but – from the very first snap, I'm sitting inside of M&T Bank Stadium, and I'm thinking to myself, they just look out of sync. I mean, all you got to do is go back and take it because that trick play came in the third quarter. I think the first possession of the third quarter that the Texans mm-hmm. had the ball. Um, but all you got to do is go back and just take a look at that first quarter in general. But they had like five or six penalties for like 40 yards. Um, it, it They just look out of sync, man. I like the double – trick reverse play i really did um but i would have loved to have seen that in a game one i would much rather 
Bobby Sawyer have called that play inside of NRG Stadium. One of the few negatives that I had that I have noticed about this team, they was better at home than they were on the road. And I think that is probably the only time where you can honestly say the youth and the inexperience of the Texans regarding majority of their players came into play because that's something that you see in a lot of um, young teams, regardless of the sport and, and players, that they are better at home than on the road. But to them, most importantly, if they just had just a little bit more chemistry, a little bit more momentum, I think that play would have worked out a lot better. Yeah. Uh, a couple of guys are not necessarily feeling bringing back John Renard for wow. a lot of money. Yeah, uh, Ben Friedman. Ben Friedman, 82-36, said 18 mil is a bit much for Gennard. I think he's more of a 13 to $16 million range. Maybe include some incentives that can push it to 18. But I wouldn't make it uh, – wouldn't make that his outright salary. Would like to see us go after Chris Jones in free agency. And Jacorian Adams said uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Gennard is very injury-prone. I'll tell you what, guys, the Texans only offer him 13 to 16 million. He's going to be out the door. <laughs> that's just that's just the facts of it. Um Grenard is an upside player. You live with the upside he brings to this team. Again, I don't believe Houston should move on from him unless they get a player with a that's an upgrade with higher upside, with a higher ceiling than Grenard has. Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen is one of them. Um uh, Brian Burns can be considered one of them. I don't know if I would take Brian Burns. And, 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 I'm, and I'm and I'm looking at Burns and I'm looking at Grenard. I'm thinking to myself, man, who, who would I who would I rather have? Uh, but but I tell you, but I'm telling you, thirteen to sixteen million. Thank you guys for drafting me. I appreciate <laughs> it, uh, D'Amico. Thank you for what you've taught me. But I gotta go find some uh, somewhere else to go. So, mm. yeah. And I am starting to see that a lot. Uh, people are not necessarily wanting to, uh, um, not necessarily wanting to uh, bring Frank back Bernard. John Bernard. Yeah, that's, that's crazy to me. Because I mean, even though majority of his time here was spent at the early stages of the rebuild, he was put it like this: in 2021, you could not name the top 10 impactful and best players on this team without naming Jonathan Gennard. And John, you know me, man. Jonathan Gennard is a guy that we have been studying and we have had the opportunity to talk to both on and off record and stuff. Um, so, so we basically seen him grow from a young prospect out of Florida to where he is now into one of arguably one of the best pass brushes in the game. And, I, and I'm just looking at it from a standpoint I don't know why people may not want to bring Gennaro back when he has been a staple of this defense ever since the team brought him in. I mean, like I said a couple of days ago, he just needed two things to work his way. Health and an upgraded version of a defensive scheme that he could work in. He got both of those in one season, and he ended up having 12 and a half sacks, career highs across the board. He has had so much of a good season. People are debating whether or not he should have gotten the Pro Bowl nod over Will Anderson Jr. And then, like I mentioned in that show, you're not just going to pay Jonathan Gennard and keep Jonathan Gennard just for what he can do on the field. No, he is just as valuable off the field as well. When we are sitting here talking about the Houston Texans can do this in the next two to three seasons, Chemistry and camaraderie is definitely going to play a, 
play a role into that. And you're going to have to keep a guy like Jonathan, Jonathan Grenard around just from that alone. Now, what I would say, I would like to see them, let's say you sign them to 16 million and and all of the incentives and all of that play into play into factor. And that could push it up to 18 million. But the Texans, man, like I said on that show, he has to be priority number one this offseason. If not number one, no lower than number two. I'm with the okay, I'm not saying that name. Uh <laughs> the site. We'll say it like that. Uh trade Titus for a pick or two, draft Cooper mm. BB to sue uh to sew up their left guard, package King and with Howard if need be. I already got his replacement. Draft Javon, Foster, left tackle, mid-late. Uh, Christian Jones, right tackle, late on day three. Whatever Nick do, don't forget to draft uh, Sweat on my boy Sweat out of UT, no matter what. Everybody else, a bonus. I throw Roman Wilson in there too. Man, y'all trying to get rid of some of these guys already here in Houston, huh? Hey, man. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. What y'all doing is. um, I know we got to talk about it. Yeah. But Titus. We'll I talk. don't know. We'll talk. I don't we'll know. Talk. We will talk. <laughs> uh, thank y'all for listening and watching the Locked On Texan podcast on this Friday. Enjoy your weekend, please. For us, I know there's no Texans football game, but some good football games happening on Sunday. So try to find time to enjoy them or enjoy the family. I'm your uh, Texas football analyst, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Uh, subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texas podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.